It's fine. It's I, I, I can do it verbatim. It, it, it really. Let's make Matt do all of it and do different voices. <laughs> you be Kevin. So I went to New, New Zealand. New Zealand big <laughs> and New Zealand small at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Evening. Uh, welcome to the Nice Price Podcast, live from Dabby Road. Uh, coming at you on Cyber Friday. Um, Cybernetic Friday. So, <laughs> hope everyone had a good Cyber Monday and a good Cyber Week following. Um, Did any of us make any crazy purchases? Any doorbusters? No. Um, There's a stool I really wanted, but... I, I was so busy on Cyber Monday. A stool? Yeah, you can change the height of it on a. It's like on a swivel, and you can make it tall or short. And I've been <laughs> wanting it for a while. It's on Wayfair. <laughs> That's why I was Oof. asking. Is Wayfair still? Uh, Just a little glimpse into the mind. <laughs> they might have deals. Into the mind on. of who? R.I.P. Allie B. Allie B. And to my left is Enoch. The, Enoch, I'm here. So <laughs> and I, I had and, to hold up my finger so I could. And get a load of this. It's the return of Kevin Sweeney. Return of the Kev. <laughs> hey, it's the return of me. <laughs> popular demand. By popular demand by unnamed people. We I gotta give the people what they want. I, I got a letter in the mail, and they did the cut. They cut out the letters from a magazine, and it said, "Have Kev <laughs> like back on rant? the pod or else." Okay. Yeah. Uh. Well, I'm glad. I'm and then not they signed it, Kev's trouble. mommy. So uh, I was like, kind of I was like, why should you do this whole this rigmarole just to send this bobo ass thing and sign it? But hey, yeah, my mom would definitely not want to listen to my voice on this podcast. Has your mom heard the she, pod? She'd rather hear your licks on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> she. <laughs> oh, has she seen that? My mom has seen that. Uh, I probably showed it to her before I even put it up on YouTube. I used to show her well, all that stuff. I was in, so proud. In real life, she <laughs> might have been on the porch. <laughs> 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 she was holding the handy cam. I think she was taking Kev. a nap. Or try to take a nap. Keep it down. Uh, mainly she would say like... <laughs> I'd show her. She'd say, look, Kev, this isn't music. This is bad. <laughs> and you would say, but mom, I would say, we're both shredding. Yeah, but you I'm just don't an artist. Up. Yeah. Well, well, hey, man. How you been? What's happened since we last saw you? Well, um, you know, I just sat around. I've been moving around. I'm a person on the move. Uh, you might remember, uh, dedicated listeners would know that last time I was on this, I just went to New York and Philly. Brag. And uh, I've been on the move, and I'm talking couch to refrigerator. I'm talking bed to shower, and I'm talking... <laughs> New fucking Zealand. Raleigh, New Zealand. <laughs> and but, Australia. So, um, oh, did you hear about the famous sheep in New Zealand? Yes. Shrek? No, what? What are you talking about? My friend Sarah, shout out to Sarah. She uh, she lived in New Zealand for a while. And when she came back, she got a she had procured a kids book, and that's what this this sheep, one of those famous New Zealand sheep, Shrek was his one name. One of, I guess I got a lot of sheep there. I don't know, man. I, I saw pictures. There's like hundreds of them in the, all, in the middle of the highway and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, one of them hated, didn't want to be shorn. Have his uh, hey five o'clock everywhere. Uh, he didn't want to have his meow done and he would go hide in the mountains and caves and they couldn't find him and by the time they did track this son of a gun down he's fucking like 
the sheep the, his fur is like is massive his feet are like barely like twink, like sticking out the bottom of it you can barely see his face his whole body is like this huge massive so he's alive body. right now and he turned green sadly he has passed away i believe i was about to say is he well yeah that's what i was is he Actually, named no, after I, the uh, cartoon ogre or is he like an old ogre children's him. folk tale yeah, nah, what, what uh, came first <laughs> nah, he, he may not still be alive i don't know they did eventually have to cut his fur they got they tracked him down and got him but when they got a hold i I'll I'll put a link to it in the po- in the show notes. It's an insane fucking photo. It sounds like a fable and not like a real thing. Nope. It sounds saw, like I saw an actual photograph of the What would be the lesson in that fable? Yeah, don't get haircuts. Line up for, line up for your and uh, your shave annual shaving, or else you'll be turned into a fat guy. <laughs> yeah, hey kids in New Zealand, if someone asks you to do something you don't want to do, go hide in a cave. I thought it was something more like you That's run away okay. from home and you're gonna get uh, disheveled and you're gonna look terrible. Well, like a your fat state freak. Of... <laughs> nah, he looks kind of fire. He looks cool. Speaking of cave. On file here, I've got a tweet from our very own Kev. Okay. I was curious where that was headed. Here we go. Uh, Allie just got Twitter, everybody. November 22nd. <laughs> well, at least just got the app. That wasn't right? so much a zing. Her was, first uh, tweet was, what is Cyber Monday? So. <laughs> <laughs> where am I? <laughs> what is, uh, where at Target, am I? Where is what the is Cyber, Cyber Monday? At Target, it's Monday. What's going on? Uh, what? Where at are the Target. stools? I'm here at... <laughs> For Stoolapalooza, there's nothing. Going Someone into explain. some caves later that same day. Update. Reply to yourself. Lots of stones. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about the update. I did update everybody. I will say, Kev is the king of the self-reply. <laughs> like, he'll post some, like, asinine shit. And, the and then, like, an hour me. later, be like, 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 oops, I spilled my coffee. An hour later, like, oh, this, it, like, countertop's still sticky. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Who is talk like what is honestly what you kind are of sticky coffee are you drinking? That's I don't drink I keep my coffee uh no sugar, no cream. Thank Hell you. Hell yeah. Same. Yeah, I went to some caves and I felt like it deserved to follow up. Uh but the uh, active choice to uh, reply to yourself and not just have a new tweet. You know, I was feeling sometimes you feel alone <laughs> out there in New Zealand and you you reply to yourself. Just let everyone know there were stones. I walked in the cave. <laughs> a lot of rocks, stalactites, mites. Did you just like did you just Fuck your head in, like, oh, that's enough. Like, I walked through. I did the whole thing with a whole group of people from around this earth. Uh, New Zealand wasn't the only place you went. Before that, you were in Australia, Melbourne, Australia. Only Melbourne, and uh, that's a good city. Yeah, I went there and I drank two percent beers. Very popular. Not very popular, just uh, readily available, and the cheapest thing you can. Got any get. favorite Australian bands? Australian bands. I like Courtney Barnett a lot. That's a Melbourne thing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, she's at least Australian. I don't know where she's from, but I wanted to think Melbourne because there's a suburb in that city I think called Preston, and she wrote a song about yeah. that. So I'm led to believe Melbourne's a city, but also basing that off basically sure. nothing. <laughs> Here's another one. I want you. To, I want the full story on this. Okay. Was Godfire Ramen in New Zealand? Oh no, Godfire Ramen was in Melbourne. Uh, you said, about to eat Godfire ramen. Reply to yourself, should have known by name that this would be the spiciest ever food ever fully consumed. So, keyword there, fully consumed. Uh, what, what's your Twitter name? It wasn't just a nibble? At what's, how you can, can they follow find me it? on Twitter, at Les Western. I'm the king of chilling. <laughs> the third, right? I was king chilling the third, but uh, the first two that's died. former now. Yeah, I'm now the king of chilling. There's never going to be another. The king of chilling. There is none higher. <laughs> so, Godfire Ramen. You want an update on that? I went to a ramen restaurant with my friend. Who Are you I was sure you visiting. want to tell us or you want to reply to yourself real quick? Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to <Yeah. laughs> 
People don't want to see a reply to that right now. They'll think I'm a little insane for replying to something I did a week and a half ago. Yeah. Um, First time, like, Maybe this not. makes sense. We all reflect. I was, with, I was with my friend, Emma, who I visited. Shout out, Emma, who lived in Melbourne, Australia for a minute. And by the yeah, time this like podcast this is out, she's on her way back. To Raleigh? Yeah. Whoa. Why didn't you just wait till then to see her? <laughs> God damn, go to the other side of the world? Yeah. Just what's up? Yeah, I thought it'd be cooler. That's true. That is cooler. <laughs> Godfire Ramen is just a menu item at a ramen restaurant. Uh, like 500 five-star reviews, show up to the place, stand outside, go inside, order the Godfire Ramen. I want something hot. <laughs> to Got- clarify, I was more interested in how it tastes and feels, not so much how does the restaurant, no, how I do like- you access the restaurant? <laughs> no, I like all this. Does it have a door? Do I need to stand in? Do I order it? Or do they just It's a, it's a hot spot in, in hey, town. Is it's a hot saying. spot in town. Yeah, yeah. I want Godfire Ramen. What spicy do you want it? Out of four, I say three. They say, you don't want three. You want two. <laughs> I say, fine, I'll take two. I get two. It's really hot. My face is melting. Um, <laughs> On two? I'm drinking so much water. Yeah, and two percent great. beer. <laughs> uh, no two percent beer at this establishment. Um, I eat all the ramen because I felt obligated to. Did it taste good? It tasted great. What was the? What kind of hot? Let's say they would have given you what you ordered. Would you have been able to finish? It? Nope. I would have tapped and, out and, after and to spoons. think there's one ahead, like even yeah. higher than that. Apparently, it's a big warning. Don't go over two. Maybe it's uh, I, why I even have, have the four? Then. Yeah, yeah. Why even have four? Who's, who orders the four? Do you see any motherfuckers lurking around the area that no. might have ordered the four? People beside us were going to try to go three. God talked down the two as well. I think that's commonplace there. Huh? I don't even get. But it. There's even two more. So though. it's like when you go to like um, like some Thai restaurants will have Thai hot. That phrase. Yeah. There's like there's gringo hot and there's like Thai hot. And they'll often be like, "Hey, I don't. You probably not. You probably really don't want." <laughs> or to some hot. places, like it's like a cool like off menu. They item. won't even yeah. say that there's an option. You just have to know, like, by the way, I know the, the deal. Booyah. What like, was your ballet high joint? Uh, what number were you? I, I always go like pretty much the hottest. For I mean, I'm sure they have some big daddy like dudes in the kitchen shit that I don't even know about or whatever fuck with. Yeah. But uh, I try to push the limit as much as I can. I when was... I was at Bally High, I never went above a nine. A nine was hot as hell. <laughs> Is that out of ten? Yeah. Okay. My boy Bunk, we grew up together, and he, when we were kids, he went there with his mom, and he duped her, and he told her it was the reverse, and she like cannot stand spicy food. <laughs> so she ordered a ten, thinking it was inexplicably was the least hot, and like took like one bite of one pineapple, and then couldn't eat her meal. <laughs> That's a terrible joke, and... She should have seen right through that. Yeah, she should have. But he was like nine, and she believed him. I don't know. Uh, I I have a. Uh, I think I believe in the spiciness threshold is a hard. It's like falling off a cliff. Uh, you approach it. Uh, I haven't that's fallen fun. off a cliff before. Thrilling. Uh, me neither. Food wise, I have. Uh, you go into that three spicy, you're falling off the cliff. You can't eat the food. You're tapped out. You're crying. Two. I was good, but, and we and there wasn't like any lasting effects, right? You were fine. It just during while you're eating it, it was hot. Yeah, while eating it, I'm sweating. But you weren't like, like afterwards, like mouth still on. Like you, when you left the restaurant, you were fine. Yeah, after time, <laughs> I felt like a regular human being again. Okay, well, there's sometimes there's some spicy things, particularly if it has too much like actual like capsation in it, then it can like give you a tummy ache or a headache, for lasting afterwards. And even if you like made it through the meal. It will still fuck you up. Yeah, if I feel though is if if you're like pushing the limits, you probably are just someone who loves spicy shit, and you probably eat it quite a bit. So, where if you never really did that, you, you might it first might time like, for everything. Yeah. yeah, it might mess you up a little bit. But if if you're if dipping your toe into like level three of four kind of zones, you probably know know and feel comfortable with spicy shit and you're like this is my jam yeah i'm not ready for that life i want to keep it i want to step back a little bit if i if i go too far into it i feel like 
I'm going to be one of those people that are seeking it, craving it, want that pain, put hot sauce on everything. Hurts so cereal. good. It's a, that's a nerdy scene, man. There are some hot sauce hot sauce freaks out there. Oh, I know. You, yeah, so you're going to end up like, getting tattoos and shit just for the pain of it. <laughs> no. I have no tattoos. I love Yeah, put sauce. King of Chillin' right here. Yeah. Hang on, leave room. I'm going to reply to this tattoo in like an hour. So yeah. put one thing here. Actually, that's really smart. I'm going to say some shit back to it underneath. That'd be very smart. That's yeah. a good idea. A lot of ramen spots, I feel like you can judge a city, like how, how urban is it based on how many ramen spots it has. What's Nowhere the food pro city. tip in New Zealand? Uh, food pro tip in New Zealand is uh, a lot of seafood. What was your joint, though? Like, what was the best thing you had? New Zealand's so weird to talk about food-wise because this last place we had, it was in the small surf town. They served me the best cut of fish. It was Thanksgiving dinner. and Did the uh, server have hairy feet and hands? <laughs> no. And was barefoot? It was not a character from, uh, I believe, is that a reference to a famous New Zealand media Lord uh, of the Rings? Yeah. <laughs> no, what, Hobbits here? Yeah, I was asking if a Hobbit delivered your, your salmon. A Hobbit did not. I'm so unfamiliar with Lord of the Rings. I don't know what a Hobbit looks like, and I don't know any of the main characters' names. Doesn't know what a Hobbit looks like is some bullshit. You can conjure that image in your mind, I'm sure. A Hobbit? I can picture, uh, what's, what's his name? <laughs> what's that actor's name? I like the idea of you being like, oh, Are Hobbit, you... uh, tall, gangly, football helmet. <laughs> like, come on, you know what a goddamn Hobbit You mean Elijah like. Wood? Is that Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood is the Hobbit. A Hobbit? He's the Hobbit. Okay. The Hobbit. The hunky Hobbit. Hey, I went Ooh. to... <laughs> hey, now. Someone's got a celeb Yelza. crush. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I went to Mordor. So I say, is it Mordor or is it... You pronounce Mordor. Mordor. I went to Mordor, yeah. a bunch of rocks and a mountain. <laughs> um, not a lot of hype. <laughs> Ain't no lava in real life. Mordor sucks, just a bunch of damn rocks <laughs> everywhere. Boring. <laughs> New Zealand food scene's weird, a lot of cafes. There's no regular drip coffee out there. If you're a coffee drinker like me, you go everywhere, you feel confused. Drip coffee doesn't exist. It's all espresso. Is there a lot of just dumb like touristy references to Lord of the Rings and shit like that over there? There, you can go your Like whole in the time. city areas? No, maybe in Auckland I saw one Lord of the Rings kind of maybe two set up. A what did people go there for before Lord of the Rings? What did people go? <laughs> yeah, before there was those movies. I don't know. It's just it looks nice. <laughs> a lot of birds. It's something. very pretty in the pictures I've seen and stuff. Like I, I don't... I would like to go there, but the only thing that I feel like people think of now when they think of New Zealand is that movie series. I think there's some other stuff there, like I'm the sure King there Kong is, but... with Jack Black. Oh, so you're just different. <laughs> I don't movies. know if that's drawing okay. people yeah. to the <laughs> entire country, though. New Zealand, New Zealand. Oh, that's the King Kong The, sh- the movie Jack that no Black. one liked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Oh, five. That's the year. There is Hobbit stuff. People go there for the, for the Tolkien tourism, as I hear it is called. Me? Is there an old Zealand? I'm thinking that there is, but no one knows where it is. Kind of like an Atlantis deal. But you said there's a north and south island. There's there. a north and south. So you've got the south, uh, more rednecks, and the north <laughs> is where the cities are. I believe they're called the indigenous person. They call them bodegas the instead of uh, convenience stores yeah. there. Do you just refer to all Maori as rednecks? No, no, no. The, the Maoris, nice people. Let's I, watch your language on this podcast. <laughs> um. 
You know, the South is way more mountains. It's for the adventurer, the, the skydiver. As you called them earlier, the, quote, damn rocks. <laughs> if you like to see the damn rocks and you like to sleep in a van, go to the South. Uh, <laughs> if you like to see the hills and sleep in a damn van, you go to the North. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. Ask me any questions. I like, would love it. I honestly, God would watch your, like, travel show. Hey, I kind of have one on my Instagram story. It's over now. You know, DM me on Twitter, Les Western. You're going to New Zealand. You're going to Australia. I was there for not that long. I might have a couple suggestions for you. And most of the might time, have already ran through them all. Most yeah. about coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and well, how shitty it is. Good for you. I learned a new fact. New Zealand is about three times smaller than Texas. Three times smaller. Damn. Well, So like us. I believe it's bigger than that. Us. Might not be an exact like thing, us. but that was just the first thing that came to mind. Like, yeah. if you yeah, if you multiply so. North Carolina by three times, it might be the size of Texas. Hmm. Yeah, how many North right Carolinas about. fit into Texas? Three. All right, give me, just give me. Yeah, I just I just curious to know that now. I want to put this into some kind of perspective. I understand. Well, we're talking about locales. We're going to talk about some other stuff, and we're going to talk about an artist who's closely associated with another locale. as hey, we do here in the, the, the Nice Price Podcast. We got that's talk. what we call a segue, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Amazing. Um, we got to talk about records. Uh, this is going to be a tad different uh, from every every other episode except one, the Tom Petty episode. And this isn't so much a tribute like that one was. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding a mic stand for the listener. But not one that you're Just speaking into. Just a separate Just one. Just a piece of a separate one. <laughs> it comforts me. The bendy part. We're talking about Lou Reed, everybody. There's a series of uh, reissues coming out of his solo stuff. Out right now. <clears throat> out right now. And you can get them at Nice Price Books and Records. 3106 Hillsborough Street. Raleigh, North Carolina. 27607. Seven. So, uh, yeah, this, like I said, is going to be a tad bit different. If you are if you don't like Lou Reed, maybe not the episode for you. Also, you're uh, I hope you got a kick out of Kevin's travel travel tales. Yeah, if you <laughs> don't know much about him, maybe you'll like Stick him by around. the end of yeah. this. Uh, if you like him, hell, I don't even know. You're like uh, us. Tw- so at Nice Price Books on Twitter, <laughs> tell us what we. <laughs> so for, specifically, we're going to be covering six albums that have that all just got recently reissued: Transformer, um, Berlin, Rock and Roll Animal, Coney Island Baby, Street Hassle, and The Blue Mask. And what they did to Explain there's some slight confusion about the chronology. A few, maybe a year ago, they did a like a not complete but a huge CD box set of his solo records from when he was on Arista and RS, RCA records. They're now doing those in vinyl. Obviously, it's untenable to do 17 albums in one vinyl box set. It would be insane and huge. So, breaking up in different volumes. This is volume one of those, which is these six records we talked about. We actually did not stock the box set at the store because it was prohibitive cost wise. We have all these records individually available. They're only twenty bucks a piece, not a bad deal. And they're all very. There are Lou Reed records that aren't as good as other ones, but none of them are uninteresting. I'll say that. I think it's fair. Um, even Lulu, Matt's favorite, or Metal Machine Music, <laughs> Kevin's favorite. Um, but there's plenty of other ones. But there all, but there are plenty of actually great ones. Not just good, not just interesting. Actual, honest guy, great records. Um, we're going to go chronological sort of fluid here, just chatting about Lou, Lewis Reed. Some of us are more familiar than others with not only them as a whole necessarily, but I even mean like individual ones. Well, and he, like and he also has other stuff this, he did but... first. Before he was solo, he was in a band. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he was in a band called The Velvet Underground. That's the one. Very <laughs> famous band. 
And uh, a I lot heard they're of, influential. A lot of the songs on the first couple of these were ones that they had fucked around with and did in one way or another. Correct. And it's particularly Rock and Roll Animal, the live record. Which is the original uh, release of that was four of the five songs. Yeah. Were Velvet Underground songs. But we're going to start at the beginning, Transformer. <laughs> That's a good place to start. Um, Let's take our time machine back to 1972. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a time machine, thanks to Cyber Monday. just crash? <laughs> 72. Kaboom, here we are. Um, Produced by David Bowie. Uh, now he, I've, I've heard of him. He's famous. And he was even <laughs> famous then, but he was a, enough of a Velvets and Lou Reed fan that he wanted to produce this record. This was Lou's second... Solo. Second record. solo, first one that first one got we're any talking attention. about. Yeah, the first one was a flop. This features certainly his biggest solo song, right? It had David Bowie, and I'll tell you what else it had: "Walk on the Wild Side." Oh, hey! <laughs> Take a walk on the Wild Side. Baby and that, baby. that was just such a huge hit that the label was like, "Okay, finally!" Like, and record. Mick Ronson is all over this record Mark as well. Ronson. Is it Mark or Mick? Mick. Mark is a. Uh, he did the. Don't believe me, just watch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. Oh. All right. We that's got... Mark Ronson. Mick Ronson produced this in some way. Well, arranged and played on. Okay, played. It up. He has he's a guitarist, credit. and he's the guitarist on Spiders from Mars. Yes. Ziggy Stardust's band. He's a spider. So this is a solo record, but Lou's not just playing by himself. No. Not playing by himself at all. He has a full band. So it definitely leans more toward like the glam rock stuff, for lack of a better term. And yeah, you got Walk on the Wild Side. Perfect Day. I would Perfect say. Day. Perfect Day is Vicious. Great. A, lot of, a lot of jammers on this one. And we'll maybe we'll put, um, let's do a snippet. What do we do a snippet of right here? Um, Perfect Day would be really nice. Yeah, Perfect Day. That's kind of a weird one. Yeah. We'll it's do like a snippet the, of the Perfect Day right yeah. here to give you the idea of what it's all about. It's going to go right about here. And so, yeah, that one is more kind of has its own weird kind of pacing, but then like hanging around and vicious are more like upbeat. Satellite of Love. Rock numbers. Satellite and of Love is, is another kind of. Vicious is the kind of that, that riff I feel like has been used in movies and to set scenes and things. Like you might just hear that little bit and then like. I'm So Free out. is so good too. It's there, a great record. A lot of my favorite Lou yeah. Reed songs are on this one. Oh, a little Agreed. bit of Tid. Um, the very now extremely iconic photo image was due to an accidental overexposure of a photograph of Lou Reed. It wasn't intentional. And the photographer, Mick Rock, not Mark Rock, Mick Rock, um, liked it so much that he kept it. But it wasn't, I always assumed it was a, like, they had a regular photograph of Lou and then just sort of did all these crazy things to it. It looks like a print. Yeah, but it was apparently an unintentional overexposure and they just liked it. And um, I love that shit. Yeah, stuff like that's the best. And this is a we talked earlier about how ah. Lou Reed uh, <laughs> is so mentally, for me at least, associated with New York City. All of us, we does have an album called New York, but like 
I'm having a real case of deja vu right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, all of his, all of his songs. These are the X Files. The Nice Price X Files <laughs> <laughs> invoke these like images of New York City, and I hate to use this sort of like grit and grime and like urban decay, but those are the kind of things. Because each, a lot of his songs, these little stories about these characters and the settings. But I think this is probably the like. This is your entry point if you if you're one of the people who listen to this episode has not listened to Lou Reed solo stuff. This is the one to start with for sure. If you don't like this for whatever reason, can't imagine why. But if you don't like this, you may not want to. You may not like a lot of his stuff. Or, he, may, or maybe you wanna. You're more into the avant-garde approach. Yeah, like Lulu or Metal Machine. Maybe you're more of a Kev type. And I feel like if you're like <clears throat> me, you don't approach Lou Reed solo as your first Lou Reed music. The Velvet Underground was way more accessible. I don't know why I got into that. This, this Lou Reed solo stuff is way more, you know, pop music. It isn't. It's way less punk rock. Yeah, it, well, like, it does sound like, oh, hey, John Cale's not there. Yeah. Like, it, well, it, it really does. John, yeah, it does sound like John Cale is bringing all that experimental stuff to the band. Mm-hmm. But a lot of my favorite tunes from these things we're about to talk about sound more like like loaded era Velvet Underground stuff, which has right. sort of become my favorite stuff of theirs. Same. And they were getting to the like this. Yeah, yeah. they were headed this way. I feel like this makes sense. It's so, not just a giant leap into normal songwriting, so to speak. Yeah, if you've listened to, to Velvet Underground and you thought they were too weird in their weirdest moments, like the Sister Rays and things like that, you might actually be... What you didn't know is that you were looking for more... That you're more of a Lou Reed type and you might be into these. And you should check them out. So anyway, Transformer. Point, Transformer, Ripper, uh, but Berlin might not be up your alley. Or it might be it might be the most up your alley. If you like orchestra. Yeah, this one I wrote down um, strings and shit. Because <laughs> there was... I've expressed my, my appreciation for the piano and rock music before. This is one of the only times in my life where I just was like, get that thing out of here. <laughs> so you're not like, into it. Is that your hot take? Straight up saloon style slamming on the dude's fingers, like <laughs> make him stop. I, I had I had a hard time with this one. Um but it did do a thing I think it achieved its goal in being unsettling. Like it's a concept album upon about this clearly fucked up and tragic relationship between these two people and like Caroline and Jim. Caroline and Jim, there's <clears throat> Drugs and booze. There's a song in which um, the children are taken away by, like, we assume a social services type situation. You literally hear crying children screaming for their mother, and it is actually like, to me, I found it like it like got me in a bad way. There's a song called "The Bed," which sounds sort of like a romantic song at first, but then you realize it's where she's sort of committing suicide, and like she's mm-hmm. slipping into unconsciousness yeah in the in the bed so i mean there's there have been more posse vibe albums mm, certainly the most depressing of the records we're talking about today. yeah this is the this is graduate level stuff if after listening to other ones you just love lou you should probably hit this one back at the end but maybe but i mean it is if you like more conceptual i mean some of the things he does great are these little story songs and this is one that he sort of just tried to follow the same story like bring it to a conclusion instead of just painting a little picture he sort of like attempted to Write the entire story beginning to end. It's just funny to think about Lou painting a little picture. Painting a tiny picture. I don't know. Picture. I don't know. Yeah. So there he is walking on the wild side. Well, his mentor was Andy Warhol. 
True. Known for his teeny tiny little paintings. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Microscopic. You know, I went to the Andy Warhol Museum in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania one time. How was it? It was crazy. I didn't totally understand. It was, I wasn't fully ready for it. I was in like middle school. And when I walked into a room that had um, punching bags with like Jesus' face painted on them, I was like, what even does this mean? (laughs) It's a little buzzy at the time. What does that mean? Which is funny because like that's pretty explicit, right? And I still was like, what? There also was one room that was just, um, it, it, they were like, they almost looked like pillows that were made out of, um, what's that? Like the mylar, like the stuff we have up here that Uh looks like the uh, solar blanket stuff. And they were filled with different amounts of helium, so they floated up and down at different intervals. And it was just a room with those in it. It's funny I, was, that, I remember being like, this is all it takes to get a fucking it, museum. <laughs> well, it's like, funny that you mentioned that because I, while looking up some stuff for this, I am going to Richmond in the morning, like for like a day trip. And the Richmond or Richlands, North Carolina? Rich, Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> and the Richmond Museum of Fine Arts has like the, fam- the famous Elvis. Where there's like three Elvises with the gun. Yeah. Oh, they've got that in there. Yeah, and so I, just while looking all this up, I was also just separately looking up that, and it was just one of those like, cool, one of, the, one of those things, man. And now you're mentioning it. Take a photo. We'll post them on the internet. Oh yeah, take we're a picture gonna, of this piece of art. We're gonna do an Instagram. <laughs> Love and that. A, no, a picture of you in front of it looking like a dork. Uh, doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take some hair gel for the photo op. Yeah. Um, we are gonna make our own uh, Instagram and Twitter for the podcast. Um, so that way all my dorky friends who keep texting me about stuff instead can have somewhere to comment so that it looks like people listen to this fucking thing, you know? <laughs> so we can like also interact and other people can jump in the mix and talk instead of me getting like text like huh huh. I did get some <laughs> oh, by the way, Matt <laughs> in your face I got some some pretty positive feedback on my, my Judd's playlist. You yeah. never even took the time to listen to it. And I had other people tell me to listen to it a couple who, of times. Who? Uh shout out to Stephanie, shout out to Ashley, some other people. It doesn't matter who. <laughs> Lots of people, well, lots of spins, man. Um, from one weird record to another one, as far as f- formats, I guess, a live record. And, and mostly of Velvet Underground songs. Right. This is a very, I don't recall anyone, Kevin, to you, saying, hey, I know I've been solo for about six years now, and <laughs> what if I did a live record of all these songs from my old band, and that was, the, you know what I mean? Like, that's such an odd... I mean... People do, like Paul McCartney, like, if you're famous enough, you can do that. Macca, baby. It, it's you, can, a weird, you can play a live solo show and then do a lot a of your old songs. It's a bold move. I think it's, it's pretty weird to do because you think he would feel so, like, disattached from that stuff that he would not want to perform it and just do all the solo stuff. And also, he had just had hits. Yeah, he's cranking like, he was not off, not off Berlin. Not well, Berlin was he, before this. But he had Transformer. Like, I know it's the one we are talking about in order, but was there anything between Berlin and <clears throat> in, in this live album? Uh, Metal so. Machine Music was 75. This was 74, I believe. Wasn't it? I'm going to mm-hmm. pull... It's 74. But anyway, so... But the point I was getting at is maybe the the sort of commercial failure of Berlin. Maybe he was getting a... Like, if he knew he was recording a live album, he was like, well, no, I'll play the hits. Maybe yeah. Move, move these units, know what I'm saying? My Also, my hope is that they played a live show and it just smoked. And they're like, you know what, man? That That was so good. Like it was un- not, like it wasn't intended to like let's record a thing and make a record blah blah. They just like played a show that went so well. They're like we should document that. That was awesome because the expanded version that got released later on has more than just four out of five being Velvet songs. <laughs> I also wonder. And um, I, they played two shows that night too. And the one that came a few albums later, also called Lou Reed, 
Lou Reed Live, something or other, is from the same night. I also wonder if it was a contractual thing. If he had signed a deal, it's like, all right, you do four studio, do you one yeah. live, you do one. Well, because look back to Metal Machine Music, which we're not talking about, but we keep talking about. Oh, we'll, talk, <laughs> uh, we'll talk. People think it was like him needing to crank out one last record to fulfill a, a contractual His obligation. contract, yeah. And he was like, okay, fuck it, well, here's this. Yeah, here's this piece of shit. And then, <laughs> but then some people are like, no, 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 it's actually like, people like Kev, like, no, it's actually hella good. And like, like, all right. It's not a headphones record. Um, because you'll probably go deaf. It's, it's uh, piercingly <laughs> high. <laughs> it's super high. Yeah, it's Fingers great. in ears record. It's not bad. It comes if, in hot. I mean, you I know. Mean, there's I'm, no Lulu. I never well, listened to Lulu, and that's kind of last on the list, right? <laughs> that's his collaboration but we're, with Metallica. We're putting them together because we're talking inaccessibility. Yeah. Now, I don't think we mentioned this live record by name. We've talked about it. Plenty. Rock and Roll Animal. Rock and Roll Animal. Okay, thank yeah. you. Doesn't matter who. Let's talk about this record. It live plus some overdubs plus some full on studio tracks. So I was gonna say it's a it's an it's a dead it's like early dead live where it's a live record but with the overdubs like all those early li- like live dead things like Europe seventy two is like tons of overdubs the live dead one with the pink cover it well, reminds like, me the night Neil Young was like live yeah 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 live and then there's lots of overdubs. Um, so it's similar to that, but, but it's a very cool record still. It's all, again, speaking of iconic cover images, like, yeah, I was going to say, you probably would rec- if you don't recognize the songs, you'll definitely recognize the cover. I remember, and a lot of these records I used to see in used bins all the time. Now you don't as much anymore. Cause I don't know if you heard vinyls back then, but vinyls the, are back. <laughs> these used to be ones you would just see. It's like rock and roll animal specifically. Yeah, I remember seeing that cover all the time. Now, well, it was so it was so popular that it it had the um the little the covers that had the Best Buy like mm-hmm. Best Buy series on the cover. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's how many there were. Like you buy that shit at Sears, and like, and now you don't. But um, I did say the blue mask in our used bin recently. So I guess I'm gonna talk about that. We'll get to it later. Um, but next on the list, we're gonna skip past Rock and Roll Animal. Only not skip past, but move through. It's live. It's, He's doing it's live. Going on songs. And let's go to one of the most interesting albums on here critically. Coney Island, baby. Uh, my favorite one, I think. I was going to ask, do and, you have a ranking um, of these six? Yeah, I'll do it. Fuck it, I'll do it live. <laughs> Coney Island, baby, one, Transformer, two. Um, you know what? I don't know the blue, I don't know the blue mask enough to, to know where it stands. Or street. I, mean, I know a little of street hassle, but I guess the answer is no. Coney Island one for sure, though. So I should rank them in the and Transformer no. two. What? Um, but you know what we could wait, do? Wait, Transformer two or Transformer two: Rise of the Machines? <laughs> you know what we could do is make a Spotify playlist of all the joints off of these. We'll do it. Um, so now that's a Cyber Monday deal for you, people. Yep. Cyber Friday. Cyber Friday. Cyber Friday deal for you, people. Uh, free Spotify tracks. Follow us on <laughs> Just Spotify. have a Spotify account you pay for. <laughs> give give this you like... You can follow uh, having the free version, I think. True. All right, so let's talk about Coney Island Baby and why you love it. Why is it your favorite? Another one you used to just see in used bins all the time um, for like six bucks. I, it's, it, it's back to just liking the loaded sounding stuff. Uh, the Velvet Underground album loaded sound Yeah, it, stuff. T- to the any of the uninitiated, the charm of Neil Young... There's some Excuse acoustic me, guitar Reed. strumming on some of these songs. Um, like to me, the thing it's ab- softer, it's more romantic sounding. 
but like not in a ballad kind of way that they're still the upbeat your favorite upbeat songs off transformer that has that pacing and they're just fun rock songs to listen to and it's just what everything i like about that about him and them in these songs like embody that i think yeah him taking the like due to his age and how early like he was he his first like job or whatever in music was writing songs like one of those songwriting factories like doo-wop groups and he was in doo-wop groups like the melodies and the songs that he writes are still that sort of old school 50s rock and roll stuff like buddy holly elvis doo-wop early r&b stuff and then they're just they've just got the lou reed filter on them and coney island baby i think is like the most quintessential of that of being the sort of like the core of this song is a is a timeless sort of straightforward rock and roll song from any era that has no anything to it. But then it just has this fucked up Neil. I mean Lou Reed. Like why do <laughs> yeah. I keep saying Neil Young? That's funny because he. It's because you said a, Neil Young earlier. Yeah. I was reading an article that also kept comparing him to Neil Young because they had their both assholes. their uh, well their musical <laughs> career had they kind of paralleled each other when it comes to album releases and stuff like that. Yeah. At, a, at least during a certain phase. But anyway, sorry. I bet they do not or get along or did not get along. I bet. Yeah, I wonder if they were if they ever like hung out. I don't know. Um, yeah, most most of the most of this album is inspired, not dedicated to necessarily, but inspired by his then uh, trans girlfriend Rachel. Yeah, his muse. He said, um, and and he said it was also back to like his youth of growing up in New York and like Coney Island and all these sort of things. And so it's like, yeah, it's like imagine if Lou Reed did a doo-wop song, but in that era of his head, if that makes sense. Right, yeah. Do, you don't imagine a doo-wop song per se, <laughs> but they're very familiar sounds. Did Rachel live in Coney Island? I, I guess they must have at least spent some time there. I don't, I don't I remember ever reading anything about him living there. He's always been a... City boy, yeah. The, well, there's a crazy story after loaded after they recorded and loaded and it didn't come out and all that stuff. There was an entire year of his life post Velvet Underground where Lou Reed moved back in with his parents and worked filing papers for his dad, who was an accountant, <laughs> for a year for forty hour forty dollars a week, just living in his parents' house, filing papers and like being a like basically the secretary for his dad's like accountant business or whatever. Temporary secretary for a year. He was a temporary secretary. <laughs> Maybe we can put a little. That's for real. <laughs> That's a true story. Throwback. From like 70 to 71, he was just... Full-time, $40 a week. It's like a dollar an hour. Just kicking it. Now, one thing it's that also puts a bad slant on that is that a lot of his songs discuss how you know, the, the negative sides of life and being alive and all these things. And one of the bigger issues he had is that he had discussed that when he was young... And his parents learned of his possible homosexual proclivities. They tried to have him, they sent him to some sort of straight camp. And he, I believe, received some sort of very awful um, either medication or perhaps even a, um, what's the damn thing where you, they shock Electro-shock your brain? Electroshock therapy. Right, yeah. And like, so he, even though he, so I'm also thinking like, at first I was like, oh, that's like a, this quaint little funny story. Move back in with his parents for a year. Not realizing, oh, wait, no, that was probably hell yeah. because... Like how how bad must he have been feeling and doing to be willing to move on these people that he clearly like 
had a at best conflicted relationship and perhaps despised. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, but that's what made Coney Island Baby so good. Hmm. Um, and also all of his songs so good, and also his life kind of fucked up. Um, I read a quote one time. He they asked him about his drug and alcohol abuse, which was pretty heavy throughout huge portions of his life, and I mean he died of liver failure, which almost certainly was linked to that behavior. But um, he also, we talked about uh, David Bowie earlier. He tried to get David Bowie to produce one of his later records. And Bowie said, only if you'll sober up. And Lou Reed took such offense to it that he punched David Bowie in the face. Not nice. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, I read uh, an interview and he said, the quote was um, that he uh, drank so much and did so many drugs to, quote, feel normal in this technological age. And that was a quote from 1973, which makes me wonder how he was feeling in, say, the 2000s about the technological age that he was forced to. (laughs) Hanging out with Metallica, making Lulu. made Lulu. Yeah, he's got a like, Lou Reed's got a razor and like, what am I doing? (laughs) Am I doing myself? Um, Razor the phone, that is. But yeah, um, I also really liked uh, the song called Charlie's Girl. One of my faves. And it's got some cool cowbell. We can maybe put a snippet. Right about here. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> oh, sorry. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> I was thinking more of a dinner bell situation, but. Everybody said that you better watch out. And she's gonna turn you in And me, you know that I thought I lucked out And now look at the trouble that I'm in You know, you better Watch out for Charlie's girl Watch out for Charlie's girl Watch out for Charlie's girl But yeah, oh, uh, and the album cover is awesome. On Coney Island, baby. It's true. Yeah, also true. I actually never Cra- really... Track one, Crazy Feeling is great. There's a lot of bangers. There's a lot of jams. Yeah, this is a great one. I, I would say, if you don't want to start with Transformer, start with this one. They're, they're similar in some ways. Yeah. yeah. And this might be, actually... Yeah, maybe you should just go ahead and start with this. Well, yeah, you don't get that. Ooh, right. something I wanted to do when we talk about like wh- how people should listen to certain records... What's your Coney Island, since you're, it's your fave, what's your Coney Island baby, like what's your favorite way of listening to that record? Get fucking lit. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on Coney Island baby, Kev? No thoughts. <laughs> have, you ever been to, have, have you ever been to Coney Island? I've considered it. Yeah, have you been to Coney Island? You know, you're sometimes you're sometimes you're standing at the train station and you know that the line ends at Coney Island and you say, maybe tomorrow, and you never go. I've done it. Not you been? not on that spur of the moment kind of tip. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Yeah. But I have planned to go to Coney Island one day and gone. Was it chill? And I went. What is it? Is it like Myrtle Beach? It's, it's like more dogs. it's more like <laughs> Well, I uh, I've never been to Atlantic City, but it's more boardwalk kind of Jersey Shore oriented. Well, I went in maybe 2000 and seven to nine range did and you it w- bump this and it was before no it was before 
they really revamped it. It was a really weird time in Coney Island where all the rides and stuff that used to happen there and all the little boardwalk games in the oceanfront uh, little carnival attractions had all shut down. And it was a very eerie, but that's what I liked about it. It was yeah. very, it was kind of creepy and cool. And um, now it looks like more like Myrtle Beach, I think, which is not doing it justice. Upgrade. There's more charm there than Myrtle Beach. But like if you if you Google Coney Island, one of the pictures that will probably come up is like a big bright Ferris wheel and like all these carnival games and shit lit up. But uh, when I went, it was very kind of bleak and it looked like you were walking around a place you shouldn't be like after hours or something. It was really odd. <laughs> like a dead ball. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, sort of. it wasn't like off season. It was just permanently. It, 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 it might that. have been off season, but okay. it was also it just wasn't the tourist attraction that it is has sort of. That they've tried to make it again, right? Okay, so there was more people are going there now than dead. than ever in the past twenty years or so. Yeah. So everybody, we're gonna play you a snippet of um. What do you want? What's the, another one you wanna play? You wanna uh, track one side one, or you wanna go something else? Crazy feeling is good. We'll do. We're gonna play a snippet of crazy feeling. What you do is close your eyes, even if you're driving, doesn't matter. It's rock and roll, Bad and advice. imagine that you are in an abandoned <laughs> Ferris wheel, and it's it's turning inexplicably. And you're in it, and you're eating cotton candy, and you're just, Stay and and and, and you can feel that sea breeze, and um, you can feel yeah, and you're and you you just got like a splinter from the railing. And I seen those suit and tie Johns buy you one drink, then buy you some more. I had a, I knew you had that crazy. Okay, folks. So you're you're you just got off the tilt to whirl. You just barfed up uh, candied apples and <laughs> fucking whatever. Uh, no, Nathan's hot dogs. That's oh, where yeah, the uh, national hot dog Ouch, eating. Is that a sand dollar in my foot? <laughs> owie, owie. Um, sharp pier here on Coney Island. Did you get moving on? Tennis? You're back on the subway. You're okay, heading back. Yeah, into, we'll move you're, on. You're moving back into the, the city. Into the. Into <laughs> the <laughs> you've Wait. you've looked at you've looked at the ocean for a while. Uh. You're probably sick. Now. It's vast. You got, <laughs> and you're like, hey, if I were to make a new record, uh, what are some um, innovative recording methods I could use for my next solo record? And God damn it, you make the first ever binaural <laughs> audio <laughs> recorded. Now, can we can we elaborate on binaural audio? That's what we're about to do. Ali B, take us take us home. Binaural. Right, well. We all have ears here at the Nice Price Podcast. <laughs> As uh, do our listeners, hopefully. Our listeners probably do. Hopefully all got Multiple. ears. Uh, so yeah, binaural. Uh, if you're recording in this technique, which I suppose this record was the first to do so, you're imitating the human uh, hearing response. So placing microphones in a way that your ears actually receive information as a stereo pair. And did they achieve this by some sort of high tech um, <laughs> development, or or did they just get a mannequin head and put microphones where the ears are? 
Nailed it. <laughs> okay. Mannequin head. Also, for the record, we're talking about the record Street Hassle. Yes. Um, sorry. Street Hassle. And it's not the first time this pre- this was ever practiced recording-wise, but it's considered the first ever, quote, pop music release. Like, as far as we know of music, yeah. it was the first By time. Now, yeah, and for the listener, in case you haven't pictured it yet, legit, the idea was instead of recording into a, a single microphone and then having it go... To and then coming into into your two ears. Why don't we put microphones where ears are and play the music? So we're playing it as it is heard in the room with us. Is the idea? They legitimately just went and got a mannequin head and implanted microphones in the ears. Now has that that was the first major commercial use of this technique? Correct. Doesn't seem like it's caught on. So it's funny you say (laughs) that. The the man, as Ali was saying earlier, who I think is the one who makes or made the first like one that people started buying and using, he engineered this record. He was, like, in on the gig. I don't know if he was the first one to do it or if he got inspired by this or what the chicken or the egg was. But now the, like, whatever the heck binaural recording thing, this dude is one of the preeminent dudes. But people still do it, right? I, I don't know that it ended up... Oh, um, I know who did it this year. Um, Perfume Genius. Perfect. Thank you. Okay, they do, they do the binaural audio? And he did it for everything. So they would move the head if he was doing vocals, if he was doing... So he would sing literally into, into the face. And then if he was playing piano, they would put it there. They would mic everything. They would just move this head around the stair. Yeah, I'm going to bring this up. I don't know if you remember this. There was a show in your store. Throwback to shows in your store. Shut up. Someone did that. They brought in the binaural like thing. What? And they were like, let's all... It was a weird moment. What? Who was it? I forget who it was. They're like, we're all going to make music in the room together. It was System like a- fucker. <gasps> I bet I know who it was. I bet I could take a guess. I, I could not remember by name. I remember some sort of Bobo participation shit going on. Yeah, there was a binaural like uh, whole thing going on. I'm pretty sure. Because I, <laughs> I remember it was super weird. So what did you... What did, what did you... What, what was you? What, how did you participate in what? Way? I was like, didn't they like hand out like tambourines and yeah. shit? Okay, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like hiding oh, in. Okay, I was hiding in the shelves. I think I was like freaked out by all the involvement. <laughs> I bet. I bet you said naughty things to the to the. Face. No, no, no. I wasn't. I wasn't pulling a gag. I was just like, get me out of this. Like this is someone else's element, not mine. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, Lord knows what I was doing. I barely remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I got a guess. Cold ones. It's five o'clock everywhere. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Street Hassle, speaking of New York City Records. Yeah, I don't really have much to, the the next two, I'll be honest, I don't know as much about. So there's a, there is one thing that I thought was a very interesting bit of tid for this album in the title song, the titular song, Street Hassle. Is that track one? No. No, that's Give Me Some Good Times or something like that. Uh, is awesome. That song. It starts off with like a little nod to the Velvet Underground song. Yes. Um, little vulgar talking part, but hey, yep. you move past it. A little it. something problematic in there, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's but, some things with Lou you just gotta accept as Lou. Yeah, and it's and he does, like I said, there's so many, not like I said, like there is, there's so many these little short story things and these little bits so you never know what's in character and what's a nod. And and hey, yeah, he's a he's yeah. a New York City tough, right? That's how he presents himself. So, But anyway, on the title track, Street Hassle, there is a brief spoken word part, uncredited, by one Bruce Springsteen. The boss. And it's interesting for two reasons. One, um, he closes it out by saying, Tramps like us, baby, we were born to pay. And that's sort of it. Oh, I see. But uh-huh. the reason is, this is where it gets really interesting to me, 
is that Bruce Springsteen, so his first manager, the guy who like sort of discovered him kind of and got him his like his tryout for the record label that led to him being Bruce and produced his first two albums to only okay effect, got kicked off of Born to Run, which is an album I'm pretty sure you've heard of or heard about. Big hit. Don't know what that um, is. He was kicked off of that one because Bruce was like, this guy can't cut it. That guy sued Bruce after that record came out over royalties and management stuff, blah, blah, blah. And due to the that legal situation, Bruce was legally banned from releasing music for almost three years. Oh. So that's why Darkness on the Edge of Town is three years after Born to Run. So during this record, he wasn't legally allowed to be making and putting out records. Of his own. So he's, uh, he's uncredited oh. because they weren't allowed to say, like, featuring Bruce Springsteen. Like, they couldn't even do that or even advertise or do anything. He obviously did it as a, like, I double dog dare you to come after me for this, you asshole. And also that's why he flipped the line from Tramps Like Us, Baby, We Were Born to Pay. Because he was having to pay his shitty manager who did an only okay job producing his first two records to, like, just to be free of the guy from some Bobo contract he must have signed when he What do you think their first meeting was like, Lou and Bruce? It's, they don't seem like guys that would be hanging at the same party necessarily. So yeah, I'm. It it appears to be like they were aligned in this whole fuck the record business, just like how Lou did Metal Machine Music as like, oh, you need one record from me? Have fun with this and turn that in. I think they must. They're like, there is some sort of. To really hate labels, these guys are huge. Yeah, right. <laughs> they sure did love the shit out of them too. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but they there is some sort of agreement they must have despite how different of people they are um but also i thought the same thing with like bruce's famous collaboration with patty smith i thought that was an odd one in my head like knowing you know her vibe it also right. worked out to great effect but hey anyway i thought that yeah, was a cool thing lou and patty before bruce and patty maybe uh maybe that was the uh, maybe that's how they met i think this is before right when did um because because the night come because, out well that was a song he was doing live right that she ended up just hearing in the studio, right? And just and he was like, "You can have it." But did that come out before this? This was seventy. That's the real question. What's the connect? Maybe Lou was out doing Tai Chi and Bruce was on a run and just ran right into him. It's or true. Is it energy field. <laughs> yeah, maybe the like the the football game the that athletics. Bruce was playing. The ball yeah. bounced over <laughs> near the chi- Tai Chi dorks, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Excuse me, high school. Excuse me, Pip Squeak," and just picked Lou up by his head and moved him and picked up the football. <laughs> And he tried really to defend funny. himself, but he only knew Tai Chi. <laughs> so he just did a really his slow. He and Jay out of his paper bag and squished it right <laughs> in his hand. <laughs> Woo, ate his Reese's peanut butter cup right in his face. Um, anyway, Street Hassle. This is the. Um, I also think I really like this record. It's, again, a super um, underrated because of. The way that like everyone kind of just listens to Transformer and then the Velvet Underground stuff. So this if I'm a I'm a up. new listener to Lou mm-hmm. Reed, uh, I know this one was recorded weird with the mannequin head or whatever. What's the vibe? So the vibe is somewhere between Berlin and Coney Island, baby. There are some. There's like the title track is what twelve minutes long. It's got some like spoken word stuff in it. There's these, but it also. I mean, Lou never gets what's so far away from like guitar rocking. So is it soft or does it go a little hard? You know, when I turn hard, when I turn, yeah, it's d- darker for sure. I turned on the first track of this and I haven't listened to it, so I'm asking you. you didn't even listen to I that one. I don't know Street House. So I listened to the first track and I said, compared to the earlier stuff, this one goes. This one goes hard. This one's going in. It is. Yes, it's it's darker. So that's what I was saying. It's like it's not as 
thematically as dark as Berlin. It's more instrumentally, like sound wise, sonically darker. Yeah. But then it's it's got some of the poppy stuff, but not like Coney Island Baby. So it's in that mid range. Street hassle. It's good stuff though. What well, is, where does that take us? That takes us to the blue mask, which is my personal favorite of these six. Personal rankings. fave. Personal fave. If I'm doing my rankings, you really shit the bed when I asked you to do your rankings earlier. You just only did two of them. But if I'm doing mine, this is I didn't my know this one enough. Number one with a bullet. It. What's your? Can I, let's go down the line with your ranking. Yeah. One blue mask. Two Coney Island baby. Three Transformer. Four Street Hassle. Five Rock and Roll Animal. Six Berlin. That's me. Yeah, it seemed like you knew where you were going with that. I yeah. believe it. Mm-hmm. Is Rock and Roll Animal that low because you don't like those Velvet Underground songs that much? No, I do like the Velvet Underground a lot, actually. It's that, that low because... It's I, hard to think of it as much as a... I never... When I, when I went to... If I wanted to listen to, like, Lou Reed stuff, reaching for, you know, eight years later... Not eight years, five years later, live versions of those just isn't in my thing. I would rather get. just hear those. I would just songs. go listen to those records, yeah. yeah. So contextually. So it's not that it's not necessarily it's a bad record, it isn't. It's a good one. But it's just I'd rather do these other things right. than that. Um so the blue mask. Use, useless. The blue mask is not useless. No. The live one is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Arguably. <laughs> Yeah, I'll let, tell him that. Lou, useless. So when did the Blue Mask rise above the ranks? So I'm glad you asked that. So it came out in 82. We had a copy in the store you mentioned earlier. Somebody sold us a copy. And I hadn't really listened to it, and I played it in the store, and I liked it a lot. And I played it, and I, thought, I was like, oh, this is good. I like this. I hadn't really listened to this one before. I wonder why. And I sort of tried to make a note to remind myself to listen to it later, but I forgot. And then we decided to do this episode. Kev was like, please, 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 I want to talk about my vacation. Can I come on there? I was like, all right, fine, we'll find something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I was begging. Um, and so, but then today I came in and I listened, I put the cans on. Earlier I was in the store, and you know, you're not always paying attention. You can't play stuff as loud because you got the you got people in there. Today I went the cans on here in Dabby Road, and it just completely flipped the whole thing for me. And I was like, I'm loving this. I said it like out loud to myself. I was like, I'm loving this. You right said now. that out loud alone in this room. Yeah, I was in here I'm by myself, this. like on the computer. And I was like, I'm loving this right now. Because what happened is I found myself like, <laughs> like moving my head around and shit, like vibing. I was like, I was like by myself, I was like, am I losing my mind? This song is fire. And like, I couldn't <laughs> believe how much I loved it. I'm loving it. But this. one of the, and I didn't even realize one of the reasons I loved it so much once I had the cans on. Is that so? He, his collaborator on this album, Robert Quine, you may be familiar with. I'm familiar. Tell me. He's, I don't know. He, he was a Voidoid, uh, mm. Richard Hell and the Voidoids. And he was in, um, oh shit, what else did he play on that's so famous? Uh, I mean, he's been on like some other like iconic that, records. The same New, New York era. Yeah. And there's a big one that I'm like, it's still escaping me, but, um, Oh, also one thing in the like Velvet Underground circle, while you would know Robert Quine, is that he followed the band around in the early years and recorded them, and those are what is known as the, oh, Quine, the Quine tapes. tapes. There is, we go. Those are live recordings. I'm familiar with that. Yeah, so he is Quine of the Quine takes. Okay. Tw- tapes, excuse me. Quinn? Um, Quine? Quine. Robert, I, I actually don't know. Is it Quinn? You know, I don't have, know how to pronounce nothing. All right, so, but he was... Um, it was a Voidoid, so he was on um, Blink Generation. You probably heard that song before, I would guess. 
if for, if inexplicably you have not heard that song, we'll put a snippet here. I belong to the blank generation and I can take it or leave it each time. Well, I belong to the generation, but I can take it or leave it each time. And uh, he played on some Richard Hell solo stuff, Lou Reed. He was on some Matthew Sweet records. He played guitar on a lot of those. And John Zorn, he played with him. And he also was on Rain Dogs. So we're talking credentials. Right. And actually, it's funny People you say that because Lou Reed, after Robert Kwan was given so much credit and appreciation for his work on this album, Lou Reed did the Lou Reed thing he does, which is get infuriated by that and stop working with this guy. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I bring it up. Did he want the cred? He did. Back to the cans. The way that he mixed the record, Lou Reed's guitar is in one can. Robert Quine's guitar is in the other can. Neither the tween shall meet. And on some of these songs, when you've got the cans on and you've got them bumping loud, Kev disagrees. He's a hater. But when you've got them bumping loud, it really adds a ton. And I really was enjoying the shit. Not, out of my not experience. a hater of stereo width. I'm so pro stereo width. I'm real into it. I was trying to emphasize it all the time. I was like, love a good hard pan. I was familiar with the concept. Now it sounded better than when, you know. Yeah, I didn't I think did. he fucking invented it. I was just. It, you're right. It sounded good. It was very palatable, nice, big sound. It's shoegaze music. Anyone who likes shoegaze music, check out uh, whatever Enoch played for me earlier. Uh, that was Waves... Uh, maybe it was Under the Bottle, which is about being an alcoholic. Ah, oh, shucks. I've got the lousiest luck. I'm sick of this underneath the bottle. And I was listening to it, and it's so heavy and kind of depressed. I was thinking, like, what? Like, is that what? the one where he said something about falling down the stairs because he was lit? Yeah. And then I was hiding. And like his bottle. pride was under the bottle, also. And it was so depressing and and like bleak that I was trying to think, like, did he? Is this because like to put you in that headspace, or is it one of those things where it's like it's? But I'm not this, so like it's technically like this is the worst part of me, and I've. And then I was realizing it's. There's, I think there's no intention. I think he very literally, I had these thoughts, I had these words, therefore this song exists. Like I sort of, I think I was making a mistake and sort of trying to play some sort of intention on it or any motivation. And it's, I mean, there's points where he's like describing like a, clearly a vivid scene that actually happened of like blood dripping on his nose and like being on the floor and like, oh no, he just had a memory of a, of a moment in his life and wrote it down and made a song out of it. There's no... He's not trying to get anything out of you for it or looking for anything or going for anything. And that's sort of how this whole record was. And that's why I really started to dig it is that like everything is on its face, face value. There's no illusions. There's no allegories. There's no like metaphors. Me- there's, it's all incredibly direct. The last song is about how much he loves his wife. Her name is Sylvia. He sings like, oh, Sylvia, <laughs> Sylvia in the chorus <laughs> <laughs> to almost silly effect. We maybe put a. Maybe we'll put a snippet of that as well. Heavenly arms, reach out to me. Sylvia. 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 
shit out of it. I thought it was awesome. And I still do. Under the Bottle, I think, was probably the best song. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's the Blue Mask. Oh, a note on the cover album. It's the same picture from Transformer. They just made it blue. <laughs> Wait, is that real? What? Yeah, and his wife, Sylvia, apparently was the one who like was the the art director on the cover also and she was like uh, to me she was like hey it's sylvia you got that record cover like oh yeah lou it's uh hang on right here just hands him a blue cover like, maybe that's why it didn't work out also and not, then along came laurie anderson yeah. that's true yeah and that's the most famous um oh what pairing i didn't know about that they're married for like so. fucking 30 years <laughs> or i'm not sure they were married or just together laurie or anderson that's something not Louis. I know. Who the hell's Louis Anderson? <laughs> Who the hell's Louis Anderson, he says. Uh, well, that's for another pod. Fucking go back to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> not not one to be afraid of putting himself on the cover. A lot of his record covers are just his head. Yeah, Street <laughs> Hassle. <laughs> just his head. Street Hassle looks like not someone. Not a lot of artistic direction. Yeah. It looks like someone, he was walking behind someone who he didn't know had a camera, and they real quick turned around and snapped a photo of him. Like, like flash reflection in his sunglasses. Like, yeah. such bullshit. And, um, yeah. I'll, for someone whose aesthetic is, his, especially his personal, like the way he dressed and looked, was so thought out. And like, also a part of his like image. Some of the stuff he has is so bobo that it's like. <laughs> have you? Um, what's the one with uh, where he's wearing what looks like a roller derby outfit? Um, ministry or something? Destiny? I can't remember. <laughs> it's trash. Well, there, yeah, there you have it. That's, that's Lou Reed. That's all of the ones that are included in this one specific grouping. Yeah, that's everything from this grouping. Um, we have skipped over. A handful. Yeah. Uh, one at least which one did we skip over, Kevin? Kevin? Yeah, what's the one we didn't talk about? Metal Machine. Yeah. Will um, that come out? The, the thing about that record is it's good experimental music. Good experimental music. Maybe it is. We're not talking about it today. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> My ass for a whenever it comes, about this. Yeah. <laughs> whenever it does come out, um, we'll have you back on the pod. And yeah, and I'll talk about the same noise that plays for 40 minutes. See, or it's an hour. I hey. It's an hour. Yeah, I mean, hey, talk about whatever you want. Makes it sound great when you say it like that. <laughs> you know? Oh, um, with the uh, our idea earlier of how to listen to the stuff, Blue Mask, mm. cans on, eyes closed, Doinks. brutal hangover. Is that where you were today? No, but that's where I, I bet. I bet that's the best possible experience of this record. Has just, anything been consumed like in a pleasurable way during a hangover? Like I'm t- I, Bojangles. Yeah. <laughs> Like noise generally is like put that at a zero. Maybe not brutal hangover. Like like light. <laughs> your the light at the end of the tunnel of your hangover. You can see like when you're gonna feel good. Like oh I I'm, oh, on, I just I'm on the way. I just drank coffee up. and ate a biscuit. I'm on the way up. Cans on. Blue mask right okay. away. Like sprint blue to the mask. couch. Blue mask. Cans, and just let it take you away, baby. Great. Nice. I have one takeaway from all these records What's and that? from listening to m- multiple of them, but not all of them, obviously. <laughs> Kev's um, an expert, everybody. I feel like a lot of artists you can you can categorize them by their early years and their later years, and the way these like records are sequenced almost makes no sense. They they vary, <laughs> like the sound does not get softer over time. It, it never it's always changing. It's dynamic. So I find that pretty interesting. He's a true artist. Yeah, yeah, innovator, pioneer, artist, visionary. Yeah, I mean, he said, "Hey, let's put microphones in that head." You know, first one to do that. Someone else said that. And one more comment on binaural audio. 
please. I read that today <laughs> when listening to that because it did sound weird. Now, <laughs> and I, I saw it that it was one of the first commercial binaural audio recordings. The first. I don't know if y- y'all probably don't remember, but do you remember like binaural drugs on the internet? Uh, they were they doing were, drugs on the internet. So yeah, my computer gets high. We're what not talking mean? like Silk Road, like that stuff. We're talking about you would listen to this binaural audio that was like sold as weed online, and apparently it would get you high. Sold as weed online. <laughs> It'd be this like Cyber I'm having Friday. a hard time. So you're saying <laughs> you the Cyber Friday episode? So you're saying they graduated from selling people weed that isn't weed and went to straight up just pretending that computers get you high. It's not pretending computers get you high. It's called binaural beats. Uh, you would buy like weed. You know, it would be called weed dot. You know, MP3 or it's probably a wave. Uh, so not weed, a song. Uh, this is what I'm confused by. <laughs> you download it. Do you get name. weed or no? <laughs> <laughs> you would get alpha waves or something. They would call it like these alpha waves are programmed to go in this ear and this ear in a way that makes your brain think it's on THC, oh. and you listen to it for 30 minutes. And it's supposed to get you high. Please tell me you did this. I did do it. <laughs> and were you high as a bitch? I would torrent these things. Can I say that? I feel like I just said that into the mic going in a podcast. It's okay. You did. <laughs> I think it's a it's dead fun. industry. What, um, yeah, what year did uh, binaural drugs peak? Yeah, in case there's any Jake's <laughs> listening, don't arrest Kevin for trying to make his computer get him high. Oh <laughs> seven. Do you... Uh, so a decade. I think we're chill. I hope your mom's not listening to this. Right. Well, she... <laughs> That's funny. You know how some people, sometimes your parents, I know it's a classic thing. Like what? your parents walking on you doing drugs. My, my mom walked on me doing binaural beats. <laughs> I didn't have listen, listen, headphones on. I didn't, I didn't have headphones. So you I just rip them off your You like, hide your head. headphones under your pillow? No, yeah. I, did, I didn't have headphones. I had just the uh, computer speakers because I didn't have headphones. Held to your, the sides of your head. <laughs> Literally that. You held the speakers up to the side of your head? <laughs> yeah, it was 3 a.m. and I was on the family computer and I thought I was good. And she walked down. I just wanted to kick, kick the shoes off and get fucking lit. I mean, I feel so bad for your mother to walk in on this fucked up ass scene. Like, her son, who she thought was not an idiot, holding speakers up to his skull. What genre of music was it? It wasn't music. It was. <laughs> that's what's weird. It wasn't. It was like, or like how would you describe it? It sounded like sci-fi, like sound effects. <laughs> what was it that I was talking about at Neptune's like a month or two ago? About I, I had something confused. As to what you were talking about. And I was like, so what do you do? You just like tape these things to your head and go to sleep? <laughs> Salt lamps. Salt lamps. <laughs> you and Devin. It was after pod episode yeah. number nine, I think. Shout out the Devin title. Uh when somehow that night we ended up talking about salt lamps and how what's a salt lamp? Those like Himalayan, those Himalayan uh, the little, they look like pink crystals. or purplish rocks. Yeah, pink rock that you, you just you plug in. You can get in. them pretty much anywhere now. But you can plug them in and they glow. And they they seem to So have, just a lamp then. They, At the very least, they look kind of cool aesthetically. At the very most, they produce some sort of... Uh, Ions. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> they balance. And they were talking they about... balance the equilibrium in your air so that you feel better. And hey, I might have me a couple. What of it? And I misunderstood something they were talking about, like the way to maximize use of these. And I was like, I sort of, I left the conversation for a second and then I 
I honed back in on a moment hearing them say something, and I was like, so wait, you, you, <laughs> you just like to tape head. them to your head, maybe? Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Psychotic. Dude, I don't get the ions right. I mean, why not? In this I, day and age, I'd why do not? <laughs> mm, that's. Uh... We need some Himalayan salt lamps in here. And what was the time difference yeah. between your mom walking on you <laughs> doing binaural weed <laughs> and the David Bowie? The David Bowie. Like, oh, when did when did that cover happen? Similar, similar. What if she had walked in on you and you're like, nah, 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 and that would have been you're okay. Playing it back into your own head. Really the loud. thing is, like, she probably didn't think it was too weird but i knew it was super weird <laughs> did it work no uh, yeah we no. haven't even asked you if no is it because your mom busted in or or because it's Thanks, no, a stupid you're idea because you can't get high on binaural well, audio mom, you're a real buzzkill tonight <laughs> <laughs> you could not they would have stuff called gates of hell they're like listen to this for 40 minutes and you'll go straight to hell and see satan and shit oh so it's like the chain letter of like the chain email of like send this to ten friends you'll get bad luck. <laughs> it was yeah. I mean it's like all double dog dares. This yeah. all still exists, so I mean feel free to go home no, and definitely want to to put yeah, on some it, cans it, and download some weed. We'll put it on. We'll put some on Spotify. <laughs> we'll put some on Spotify. We'll find it on our Spotify playlist. We'll add some binaural bullshit. Ah, I never to, thought they might be on Spotify. Why don't you make your own, dude? My own binaural audio. I'm not a scientist, and they're not created by scientists. I don't know what the fuck that shit is. They're created by <laughs> they're pranks. twenty year old fucking kids in dorm rooms. <laughs> they're they're yeah. hot pranks, and they got you. <laughs> yeah, they got me. Damn, ten years ago. <laughs> All that speakers. <laughs> Sorry for like I, I the binaural audio and the Lou Reed thing brought that up from my past and absolutely the only experience well, that, i have i had no idea about it so it was a yeah and also you just me, taught us least. and all of our listeners about binaural audio and binaural, binaural beats aka weed. digital drugs also, digital you drugs. hear that you hear this that's uh at less western on twitter <laughs> mm-hmm. what's your uh you had a funny email too i remember I, that i didn't know was real oh at less western good rock band at uh, gmail.com <laughs> yeah if you're trying to book my band less western this is a plug if you ever do those. Uh, which which brings us in hot to the plug section of the yeah, show. Yeah, here's the plug. Goings ons, etc. Uh, so you just heard all these Lou Reed records. You can come get them at Nice yeah. Price Books and Records. 3106 Hillsborough Street. Raleigh, North Carolina. 27607. All right. Well, if you don't want to see Les Western, come to King's Barcade, 14 West Martin Street on December 22nd. Uh, Christmas in Dinwiddie. Featuring the Whom from Whomville. That's, That's all I chill. got. Um, I want to shout out the Dylan Earl show, December 16th at Slim's. Uh, Dylan Earl, we covered his record earlier in the podcast. Very good country singer from Arkansas. And he also is the one who was live at Nice Prize Volume 5, the cassette tape, which you can find at the store or on Bandcamp and all that good stuff. But if you like country music that is good and you want to see it live, which isn't always an option, um, this is one you do not want to miss. You can it'll be at Slim's downtown. I'll be there. Um and I also want to shout out B Shaw, as always. Shouts out. For the podcast theme songs. You may have noticed that it's I wonder if anyone does notice, but we use the same cool riff from the Dwight Yoakam song and he just sort of takes the notes and rearranges them every single week and it's very cool. <laughs> With different sounds. With different sounds, we re- we appreciate it. Uh <laughs> He doesn't really rearrange the notes. No, it doesn't rearrange the notes. Sorry. Right. Um, that would make it a different song. That would be songwriting. He changes the way it sounds. Maybe we can get him to do a binaural one. 
Somebody comes in the pod like half blazed. Oh yeah. So instead of hearing like a little like jingle at the beginning, they just get stoned right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like before they even know what happened. Pause the Whoa, pod. What the fuck? Call am I wings for Raleigh. <laughs> um, and shout out to friends of the pod, uh, Becca and D Mike on their brand new human being baby who exists, who is healthy and happy and all that good stuff. Congrats. First baby of the pod. Pod baby. <laughs> I'm sure there's been babies born since the pod started, but babies that I know. Maybe a Coney Island baby. Ooh. Hey, now. So that's what we got. Well. Lou Reed's great. He's interesting at worst. He's he's <laughs> one of the best things ever at best. He's in that that spectrum. Um, we might play a song to play you out. I don't know. We'll see. We're doing some snippets. It's kind of weird with the permissions and whatnot, but we'll figure something out. Like, subscribe, comment, tell your friends, review. And we're going to have our own Twitter and our own Instagram soon. We'll still link it through the regular Nice Price stuff. But to have a place for people to, when we ask these stupid questions that we get wrong or when we say dumb things that are wrong and you want to correct us on those, you can correct us on those on the internet. Potentially. And, um, and potentially, maybe we'll post some pics of other things that are... that are. Uh, we'll be posting any, anything that comes to mind. Yep. Oh, and I'm going to link in the show notes uh, a thing I did not know existed that I discovered while researching Lou Reed, the commercial he did for Honda scooters in the 80s. What? In which they're playing the music for Walk on the Wild Side, and then it's in New York City, and then it just turns, and he's sitting on a Honda scooter, and he says, like, why walk? And maybe he says, like, why walk when you can ride? He definitely doesn't say scoot, which would be the funniest. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's, like, sitting there, and I think he may be like, me, and Shades scoots on. off. Leather on? Uh, leather, yes. Shades, no. I think it's a leather jacket. And he's like, why walk when you can... Scoot. We can scoot across town. <laughs> um, something like that. But anyway, it was insane and very funny to me. <laughs> and so we'll link to that in the show notes as well. We'll link back to Kev's YouTube thing just in case. Um, yeah. Trying to make it go viral. Viral. Viral, baby. Uh, anything else? Anything else? That's all I can think of. Uh, potentially two guests next week. A call in? I oh hear. yeah, we got a call in. Um, they're lead singer of a famous rock and roll band. They're Road Dog in it, so he's out on tour. But he's gonna try and call us, call into us next call week. Call live, Dabby Road. Live call in to Dabby Road, probably from backstage. And Walt Baines's boy might be here. Walt Baines's boy. Tell himself. us the very the story of the very first Christmas. The greatest story ever told. <laughs> well, we love you. You got anything for us, Matt? Job bless. And as we slide right into December, just remember doing so are the reason for the seasons. <laughs>